How we doing? I am your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob. Welcome to Station B.O.B. And let me tell you a little about thee. I am a kid from a Harlem hood who turned out good. I got educated like I should. Now I know how to help you grow to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. With that said, I am here to provide you with some clarity associated with the perplexity of the challenges in your life, love, and work. So, without further ado, let's get down on it. Enjoy the show. Ah, yes. Welcome once again, my friend, to Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. And of course, I am your host, Dr. Rob. What's going on? Well, everything is cool with me, and I hope it's uh, the same thing with you. Because I believe every day is a good day, even when it ain't. And so today I bring you another interesting topic. And I'm going to share the topic with you and just briefly try to explain what inspired me to do a podcast on this topic today. So today's topic is how do Christians love the King James version of the Bible? That's right. King James who was flamingly gay. Okay. But rebuke gay people in church. I'm going to say that again. How do Christians love the King James Version of the Bible? Again, King James was, it's well documented that he was flamingly gay. And so how do you love the King James Version of the Bible, but rebuke gay people in church? Okay, so I'm going to tell you now first what, inspired this podcast topic today because my oldest daughter is gay. She's a member of the LGBTQ community and I have no problem with that. I love her as her dad. My main concern is that she is be happy and she is doing just fine. She just recently graduated from college. She landed a job with a major sports network, and um, she's on her way, doing big things, as we say. And so, now, what inspired this podcast is I have an aunt, who I've mentioned a number of times on this podcast, my aunt who raised me after my mother suddenly passed away you know, when I was nine years old. And so my aunt, who has always been a wonderful person, she did a tremendous thing by, you know, picking up immediately following the sudden death of my mother, who was her, one of her two oldest sisters. 
and she took care of myself and my older sister who, you know, shortly after my mother died, three years later, my sister overdosed on heroin. But nevertheless, my dear aunt was there. And church has always been in my family. My parents were raised in the church, including my aunt. And then myself and my cousin brother, we spent time in the church coming up. But then we got involved in football and other things and kind of moved away. But just over the years, maybe the past, I don't know, 10 years or so, you know, my aunt, God bless her. I don't even know if that's the right words. I mean, she has become obsessed with Christianity and every word out of her mouth is the Holy Ghost and Jesus said and Jesus did. And I'm and and then, you know, she tells everybody how to live. You're not living right. You're not living according to the structure. Everybody's not living right except for her. Yet she's spewing out, you know, uh, hurtful things, you know, using the Bible as a weapon. And my point is that she has targeted my daughter on on a few occasions, you know, based on her lifestyle. Talking about how she's not living right and God doesn't approve of her behavior. And I have asked my aunt to refrain from doing that. My daughter is not bothering anybody. She lives in Baltimore, Maryland, and my aunt lives in Texas. And I've said to my aunt, there are like, there are so many people that you could bother with your Christian views. How do you go from Texas to Baltimore harassing my 23-year-old daughter. And so my aunt says, well, I'm telling the truth. That's her position. And I'm like, telling the truth about what? Okay, your opinion about, you know, your uh, interpretation of these biblical scriptures that you use as weapons to hurt people? I thought the work of Jesus and God was to spread the gospel, and to talk about the great work of Jesus Christ and not use scripture as a weapon to hurt people, especially people who love and look up to you. And so that is essentially what has inspired this podcast today. And so understand when I speak about this subject, I, I am not bashing Christians or or anybody. I'm not even bashing my aunt, although I'm very concerned about her you know, um, because she is so obsessed, such a religious zealot that it is, it's scary, quite frankly. And I wonder, you know, some of you may have heard the story of Jim Jones, who was a religious leader, I think back in the seventies, around that time. And he had just a huge following of churchgoers and they were studying his version of Christianity, I believe. And he took a trip to Guyana and had I mean, thousands of people with him on this journey to Guyana. And, and they gathered and congregated and he had them drink 
some poison liquid, which was supposed to be their, you know, a symbol or, you know, something that would get them closer to Christ or God in his mind. And his followers, so religious, so obsessed, many of them drank this poison beverage and died. And some of them, prior to consuming this, started to become aware of that they were in danger. But then many of them were not allowed to get away. I believe some escaped, but many didn't escape. And so they drank this liquid, poison liquid, in the name of God, in the name of religion. And my aunt, she she scares me because she is so obsessed that she, I believe that she would have been one of those people who would have drank that liquid beverage. And when you at that point, that's pretty scary. And so enough said on that. Let me dive into the topic, but I just wanted to share the inspiration of this topic um, with you. And and just let you know what's behind it. So again, I'm not into bashing and negativity, but I am into truth telling. And as I always say, sometimes truth telling can be painful and it feels like a bashing. Can I get a amen? Because as I said, we don't do negativity at Station B.O.B. That's not what we do. No, it isn't. We keep it on up and up. And like I said, truth telling sometimes feel like bashing because the truth will set you free. But it's painful for those who have problems handling and facing the truth. Enough said, though. Let me jump on in. So as I said, before I get started, you know, I I, I want to point out that I know that, you know, history shows that King James himself did not write his version of the Bible. So let's get that straight. You know, the I'm fully aware that, that King James, I believe, as as history shows, he recruited 50 scholars to write his version of the Bible, and they dedicated their work on the Bible to him. I get that. But what I don't get is, and I will expound on this, you know, down the road later on in this discussion. Although he did not write his version of the Bible, he is the one who brought together these 50 scholars to write his version of the Bible because he was the king, right? So now my question for all of you is how many of those 50 scholars were gay and how many were straight? Because as we all know, Birds of a feather flock together. Therefore, some of those scholars were gay. I don't think there's any question about it. Because if he's flamingly gay, okay, and he has 50 scholars, you know how your parents, well, I know in my day coming up, your parents used to say, you know, show me your friends 
and 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 that's showing me who you are. So as I said, birds of a feather flock together. So therefore, some of those scholars they had to be gay without question, as history tells us that King James Fre- frequently paraded his gay lovers and comrades in public places that he frequented frequented as the king. And so just the mere fact that King James was gay and based on the high level of rebukeness of gay people in church, I'm somewhat perplexed as to how the King James Version of the Bible could be the most widely published book in the world. This This is even more interesting because all over the world, gay people are rejected in one form or another, and in some countries, murdered and incarcerated for being who they are as gay men and women, yet... The world is guided, biblically speaking, by the King James Version of the Bible. I don't know if that is a paradox, a coincidence, a quagmire, and any other word that kind of shows a a double-edged, inward, outward type of understanding. Now, you might ask, Dr. Rob, why do you bring this up? And I am glad you asked. I bring this up because, you know, as I said earlier, I have a long, no, I didn't say this earlier, but let me just say this now. I have a long history of being around devout Christians or, in some cases, religious zealous. You know, when I was in college, I dated a a pastor's daughter for about five minutes and, and she, along with you know the whole church and her friends and family they were they were devout they were just into this whole Jesus Christ Christianity thing and when I first met her it was it was kind of scary to me to see how you know these people would get up in church and and fall out and all over the floor and I mean that was a pretty frightening thing because I had never seen that before. And so, you know, as I was saying, just that, you know, that history and, and, and now with the current behavior of my aunt, you know, and as I'm saying, my aunt in particular currently, you know, who I said is my mother's youngest sister, and she raised me from the age of nine until I left home as a college student, I, you know, and as I said, I'm forever grateful for my aunt for making a sacrifice, you know, to step in and raise both me and my older sister who, you know, as I said, just so happened to overdose on heroin at the age of 20. But as all of this family stuff was going on with my mother, I would also like to mention that I had a wonderful childhood thanks to my aunt. But over the past, I don't know, decade or so, my aunt has become obsessed, possessed with her religion, and she does not realize how far gone she is. She is in deep, 
And that one time, you know, she was sending eight inch long texts to me and other family members with all of these scriptures and whatnot. And I found that to be the most annoying thing because all my aunt does is talk about Jesus, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost and Jesus. And that to me, I don't know how anybody could just have that as... You know, that's, that's just their whole world. I mean, God is good, but doggone it. So is a, drinking a beer, smoking a joint sometime, damn it. We, we, we are living this life, and, and we should live this life the way we live this life. Never mind all these rules that are written by others, you know, 2,000 years ago, and we, we just carrying on and trying to pretend that we could live up to these antiquated standards and so on and so forth to get into heaven. And now, again, that's not a bashing. It's just a truth-telling. And so I'm just getting a little hot under the collar right now, and I'm going to step aside and let a promo in, and we'll pick up this discussion on the other side of the break. You feel me? Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. In his first book, The Choices We Make, Robert takes a look at relationships to help readers learn how to have a good relationship with themselves before they can have good relationships with others. In his second book, Access Denied, Robert brings an eye-opening perspective about what happens to children and fathers when their relationships with the mothers of their children end on bad terms. Robert explores what he calls child pawn when a parent, usually the mother, uses a child as a weapon to hurt the other parent. Robert provides a let-go lab in his book to help parents find positive ways to resolve their issues in the best interest of their children. Light Up Your Life is Robert's latest book. Robert writes about the fact that we are all born with a special God-given talent. Even though we are all born with a special talent, most of us miss our true calling. In this book, you will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you. And back to the show. Okay, welcome back. And so as I was saying, you know, according to my aunt, nobody is living right. According to her and God. I mean, she and she even believes that it's her job to tell us how to live. And the strange thing about it is she's telling us how to live but she's the one that's doing all the hurtful things to other people. But somehow she hides behind these scriptures, which have seemed to blind her own vision, her own ability to look at herself, to understand that you gotta be, you gotta do better. And 
I would say my aunt is like a Christian bully. She imposes her will on people. Every other word out of her mouth is, as I said, the Holy Ghost and Jesus said it. And because uh, the Holy Ghost told me to go to the bathroom and the Holy Ghost told me to cook my husband food the right way. And it's just the Holy Ghost and Jesus all day, all night. And she has no regard for Anything else or how how offensive this this onslaught of religious zealotness can be to anybody. She just doesn't seem to realize or care how much she either hurts somebody's feelings when she does this thing with her, you know, anti-gay scriptures. It, it, I mean, at this point, it's just ridiculous. I mean, simply ridiculous and so it's confusing because I do remember you know the wonderful person my aunt was you know back in the day we coming up and all the fun we had and all the good family things we did I mean just it was just a good time but over time as I said she has just really kind of spiraled downward and um you know the world is narrowed and closed by her harsh religious perspectives and then she insists that she's telling the truth as she continues to harass people and my daughter so i confronted my aunt with her scenario regarding you know, the gay King James that she loves and weaponizes against the entire family at times. And then, of course, she does not offer any response. You know, and I did learn, you know, the other day, you know, through another family member that my aunt's position is that King James did not write his version of the Bible. And I've already stated that. I'm well aware of that. That's well documented as well. He had 50 scholars write his version of the Bible, which, as I said earlier, I am sure that some of those 50 scholars were gay men because that is who King James loved and birds of a feather flock together. And so this is how we got here today with this podcast. And as I said, this is not a bashing of Christians or the Christian religion and so on and so forth. What this is, is just a call out for understanding, you know, for myself and as to how my aunt is so adamant in her religious views. And yet she, you know, she refuses to reconcile or or, or face the, the fact that the King James was gay and, and that his his version of the Bible is what would I say? What's the word I want to say? That it, you know he's gay, but his version of the Bible is is free of that. It's free of that, and so she just 
you know, has totally separated that. Like, how does one square themselves with that? King James, flamingly gay, and this is well documented. He has a religious book that has been dedicated to him by the 50 scholars who authored the book, you know, and dedicated it the, the Bible to him. And somehow, somehow my aunt has no issue whatsoever with that. And so for me, therein lies the problem because that is tantamount to the question of race in America, where it was determined, you know, by some white supremacists in in Arkansas during the year around 1911, where if there would be, they had this one drop rule, which means that a person born from one white parent and one black parent as a racially mixed child, all you need is one drop of blood from a black person. If even if you were white, if you had one drop, there's the one drop rule. If you if you're white and have one drop of blood in your of black blood in your body, that would make you a black baby. And so, with that said, how is it that a book would be so heavily influenced? by the gay King James, how that book would not be rebuked by Christians who frown upon members of the LGBTQ plus community. Like, how do you square that? The answer is that you do not square that because you cannot. And my dear aunt would have to admit that the King James Version of the Bible has to have been contaminated by the one word rule. You know, we have the one the the one drop rule, we have the one word rule, and that just one word written by one of those gay scholars should render the entire Bible as a book written by gay people. That's right, I said it. And now that I know it may sound crazy to some of you, but it is something to think about because my aunt is so anti-gay and so hard with this it's just hard for me to understand how she can subscribe to the King James version of the Bible when there are so many other versions of the Bible and so in closing I want to remind you that this is not a Bible bastion bashing or Christian bashing. This is a truth telling. I am merely responding to my concern about the hypocrisy being perpetrated by my aunt, you know, to not acknowledge that her devout belief in the Bible would be called into question because it was written by 50 scholars selected exclusively by the gay King James. Hello? Anybody home there? Yeah, just what I figured. 
Crickets. Do the math. Although the Bible does not speak favorably about gay people, the paradoxical nature of this book, as it is named after the flamingly gay King James. Let me just say, on behalf of my daughter, on behalf of all Christians, I respect everybody no matter which way you walk on the street. And that is what I am simply asking my aunt to do. Love your religion as you do if you must. But please do not weaponize something like religion, which is, you know, purpose to be a good thing to comfort and guide us through the challenges of this life we live. I say let everyone live as who they are and what they believe. I'm good with that and I hope you are too. Thanks again my friend for tuning in once again and I'm going to leave it right there for now. Until the next time we meet, remember life is good even when it ain't. And love is an action, not a word. And it is not supposed to hurt. Peace in the Middle East and Ukraine too. As we wrap up this show, I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org to learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace. Beloved.